As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody. This episode and the Coaching Carousel were recorded Tuesday night. We decided to break it up for your listening enjoyment. So you didn't have to sit through two hours of a podcast. So if you haven't heard or listened to the, the Coaching Carousel episode, be sure to check that out in your podcast feeds. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be in a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. With a three, good! What a shot, Kyler Edwards! Ready, double, into three, going to puts it down! Already, Odiasi throws it in! Got clocked down to five, got the screen, here's a three, good! Colbert got the separation. Oh, big shot. Stepping up big time! Dagger! Colbert with the dish. So injury updates, Michael, we did yes. hear from, well, we, we did see that Shannon came back and played uh, this past weekend, 20 minutes versus Texas a Corpus Christi. I was thinking commerce. So why does it have too many C's? <laughs> the Islanders. Um, There's two C's in commerce. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, so it looks like, you know, it, it, he, he seemed to perform well on that ankle. It looked like it was not giving him any problems. Uh, and then there was one drive that it kind of did. There was one drive that it looked a little, a little iffy, but uh, obviously not bad enough to, to keep him out of the game. And he was a high score. Yeah. So that looks like he's, he's back in, in the rotation. Somebody else working their way back in the, in the road, back into the rotation is Kevin McCuller. Yes, there's a chance, according to our guy that we've told you, already told you to follow on Twitter, Ryan Mainville at the Daily Torador, the tech school paper. Follow him, Ryan Mainville DT on Twitter. Um, he basically said that 
of course he was just covering beard's press conference today. McCullough has been practicing. Um, he's, he's doing a lot better, a lot faster than they thought. And he could play Thursday versus Kansas. So it's still a big, what if there's no telling uh, beard, maybe completely holding out, knowing that McCullough is going to just flat out start and hopefully play 25 minutes. He may not come in at all. So it could be anywhere in between. Um, but that's good news. It's good to know. It'll be great to have him back. He was one of the players I was most excited to see progress after quite a bit of success, especially late last season. Yeah. Um, Mainville is just plugged in, dude. <laughs> he's it's, great. He's, he's a really great follow guys. Really end of tech basketball, just tech everything. He was telling us when Jamias Ramsey was going to play in a preseason Kings game. Uh, I forgot what other tidbit he had floating around the other day. Oh, he was on top of the uh, Zaire Smith trade. Mm-hmm. I think that just went down. So he's he's all over tech basketball, not just current, but everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So quick recaps. You had two games over this past week. First up would be the game that was closer than anyone expected. Texas Tech defeating Abilene Christian 51-44. I think it was predicted like an 18 or 20 point win, but Abilene Christian did what we kind of expected them to do is they, they muddied everything up. They caused a lot of turnovers. Um, yes. I mean, not as many as, um, as they average. I mean, they, they average forcing 20, something like 25 turnovers. They forced tech into 16 turnovers, which is about twice as many as tech usually does, unless it's a losing effort. Um, but, on the flip side, Texas Tech was able to force 22 turnovers of their own. Yeah, they, they did quite a quite a bit of good work defensively. Uh, I mean, but the, the numbers don't make any sense. ACU outshot Tech 36 to 26% on field goals, 33 to 13% on three-pointers. Tech didn't make a three-pointer the entire second half. And you hear all that and you're like, how did tech win this game? Well, it's because ACU was six for nine on field goals or free throws. Yeah. They only shot nine free throws, nine free throws. Tech shot 37 free throws. They were 25 for 37 and still just squeaked out a win. I mean, there, if this is one of those games, cause you know me, I just love the magic number when both teams shoot 50 free throws. I just feel like, gosh, that's a, that's a great officiating dinner. They hit 46 <laughs> and, yeah. and tech shot 37 of them. The tech was bailed out somehow by all of these free throws. I'm, I'm sure the disparity was more than it should have been, but I mean, thankfully that, that strategy seemed to work out is just, just get to the line, just get to the line and hopefully make some free throws. McClung, we'll talk about this again. <laughs> AMU or uh, Corpus Christi too. One for eleven on the day. Yeah, he's in a he's in a pretty uh, bad not from, slump. Not from the line, but just from field uh, out in the field. Just man, he's he's in a slump right now. Yeah, he is he, one field goal, six free throws. Is one for eleven of field goals, zero oh four from three. Um, Burton, like your starters combined for what's that? Twenty forty points. So, ugh, not good. Edwards had 19 of those himself. Um, McClung had eight. Burton had four. PV had two. Santos Silva had eight. Edwards, like I said, 
had 19. Um, now you did hold one of Abilene Christian's uh, starters to zero points. You held another starter to one point. Um, I can't remember if it was this game that they had a three point shooter that like missed every three point. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.com. Dot edu slash podcast winner he attempted um which is <laughs> unusual because like he was he was so good at it um but yeah it's like one of those games where you expected the defense to, to ramp up a little bit especially turnovers um you did not expect to shoot as poorly as you did uh, we, we already touched on the free throws you scored half your points at the line and you needed those points i mean um you only win by seven points. You score 51 points at home. Um, yeah, it's not good. Yeah. Worrisome game. Of course, uh, you know, Shannon was not there. Uh, obviously McCullough, of course, still out. So that Shannon completely missed that game, but the offense is just, it's, it's rough. It's, it's not, it's not, it, to me, it doesn't feel as hopeless as it did last year at times. Cause man, the offense just, last year just felt like it just couldn't get anything going uh, for, for minutes at a time. This one doesn't feel that way. I feel like there's so many more playmakers, but we just haven't seen it fully yet, except against really bad competition to, to be flat honest. Uh, That's why I was so disappointed that the St. John's game didn't get scheduled. You know, this one was aside from St. John's and Houston. This was the other one that I kind of had circled thinking, all right, this could be, a bit of some trouble for tech and, and sure it, it sure enough was. Yeah. And then if you look at the game on Saturday uh, against Texas A&M Corpus Christi, again, the stats don't make a lot of sense. They outshot you from the field, 44 to 40. They outshot you from three, 41 to 24. And you attempted the same number of three pointers. So it wasn't like, you know, they, they, they shot half as many as you did and only, you know, only made like three of them. Um, you barely outpaced them on free throws, but like both teams had were atrocious from the line. Texas Tech was 63%. The Islanders were 57. The biggest difference, again, you shot more than twice as many free throws as Corpus Christi did, and you forced them into 20 turnovers to your four. Yes, and some of those were just miserable to watch. I felt so bad for the Islanders. It just kind of felt like some JV basketball. I remember like the ball was just getting stripped from like, just, like, Oh yeah. They would cross mine. half court. And <laughs> then the next thing you know, the ball's going the other way. And that happened a few possessions in a row. 
Um, I, I remember that happening in a game I played in one time in, in high school. One of my buds was really a, on a good, he was on an aggressive defensive day that day. And I think he stripped the ball and had wide open layups, two or three possessions in a row. And, uh, we had to call a timeout so he could catch his breath. <laughs> but anyway, just, it just kind of felt like that. Um, McClung again, like we mentioned earlier, he didn't score till the second half. Uh, he did finish two for 10 on field goals. Yeesh. But he was dishing dimes, baby, all day, six assists, some really great passes, uh, finding open guys, no looks, all sorts of great stuff. Uh, Shannon, his first game back, high point. He had 15 points in 23 minutes, and he that was, like I said, led, led the team. He also had the most rebounds with seven. So the ankle's not doing too bad, I guess. I, I, I may need to walk that back what I said earlier, but I know there was one drive where it looked like he just wasn't quite himself trying to get a layup. Yeah. McClung, um, he, he, he had three steals in the game to his, you know, his six assists, four rebounds, which were all defensive rebounds. Uh, Shannon had two more steals. Uh, PV had two steals and 12 points. Um, Edwards did not shoot well. Three of 10 Santos Silva did five of six. Um, nobody has been really good at the line. Shannon was, was pretty good five of six, but that, that, that is stat that I think Mainville t- tweeted out last week or, or whatever it was about the free throw shooting percentage, um, that as a, you know, as individuals, there weren't a lot of guys that were, that looked like you were struggling until you got to like PV and he was like one of 15 or whatever, whatever terrible number it was. PV and Benson. And Benson. Yeah. They were like. 10% or, or I think or they were, they were really low. Yeah. Um, yeah. So again, like you win the game by 20, uh, the Islanders ended the game on a six Oh run. So like, you know, it could have been worse. It could have been, you could have beat them by 30, uh, easily. I think. Yeah. And if you had that 25 and a half cover, you sure didn't enjoy that six Oh run. <laughs> <laughs> Crushed a backdoor cover. I mean, you, you you finished the game. Texas Tech did scoring on four of the last five, four of the last five field goal attempts. Uh, the Islanders scored on eight of their last nine. So hopefully you, you kind of were able to, to take some, some things from these games because you've got Kansas this week coming to Lubbock. Kansas is coming. But first, before we, before we get to that, Spencer, before we talk about backdoor covers, the wait is finally over. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff. Hey, you might not be at a game this year. What? So was college basketball. Is it? I've heard. I've heard that it started. Even if you're not at a game this year, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantages of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Support for the 23 Personnel Podcast comes from Manscaped, who is best in men's blow the bell grooming. The holidays are here. Have you made your wish list yet? If not, our sponsor has added the number one or sorry they have the number one wished for gift of the year you need to add it to your wish list manscaped best in men's blood and above the belt grooming they are here to ensure you're taking care of your manhood your nose and ears 
with the new performance package. Guys, add that to your wish list. You will not be disappointed. The bundle includes lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. Um, it will also include the, the their famous, world famous liquid formulations. Crop preserver. Ball, I've heard about this. Ball deodorant and crop reviver ball toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine. Guys, don't let your ball hygiene get away from you. Get the performance package now and receive their two free gifts, Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Get 20% off and free shipping with code armchair at manscaped.com. It's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped and use promo code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds and make Santa proud. Ken Palm. I, I'm, I'm still a big fan. Ken Palm has Texas Tech at number eight, holding steady there after the past two games. Uh, Haslam Metrics has Tech dropping just a couple of spots. Number five, they were three. Baylor made a big jump. They're now at number two. Interestingly enough, even though Kansas is ranked number five or whatever they are in the AP poll, Haslametrics has them at number 17. So, so what are you saying? Does that mean that Tech is favored against Kansas and Haslametrics? They are. They would also be favored in Ken Palm because Texas Tech uh, has the adjusted efficiency rank of eighth best in the country. Kansas at ninth. They're, the the Kansas offense is about two points better per hundred possessions. Um, Texas Tech defense is two points better per hundred possessions. So where, whereas uh, the Texas Tech offense is ranked fiftieth, Kansas is ranked twenty fifth. Texas Tech's defense is ranked first. Still, that's right. Kansas defense is ranked seventh. So they're 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 two uh, ratings there are pretty close together and their tempo is quite a bit faster than Texas Tech's. They have 73 possessions uh, as opposed to Texas Tech's 68. So Texas Tech's possession rank adjusted tempo is going down. They're, they're getting slow. Very low. <laughs> they're in terms yeah. of uh, speed. They Texas Tech is ranking at the number 326th fastest team out there. Yeah, I mean, the, it seems like the main the main guy to look for is Jalen Wilson on on Kansas. He's he's played all seven games, but only started six. Um, average fifteen points a game. He's their high scorer out of the games they've played. I think he's been the high scorer in three of them. Uh, just just going to be somebody that you've got to look out for. Uh, field goal percentage is fifty percent. <laughs> He's not in a slump right now, um, but yeah, uh, this this game it's it could be. I don't know if it's going to be as defensively ugly as it was against Abilene Christian, but I could see something similar to that. Um, but I just think the offensive talent on Kansas is 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 a little quite a bit higher than uh, the Wildcats. Yeah, I mean, you, you look around; they, they've got four guys averaging ten or more points per game. Um, and Jalen Wilson, like you mentioned, Ochai Agbaji, Christian Brown, and David McCormack. The other guy that I think everybody's going to have their eyes on is Marcus Garrett, who, uh, if I remember Clint 
is one of their better defenders at the guard position. So, um, you know, and you mentioned McCormick, he comes off the bench and scores 10 points a game. Yeah. He's averaging. Oh, no, wait, no, he started, he started every game. I'm sorry. That's, that's way wrong. I was looking at the wrong column, but he he's, he's averaging, I think the fewest minutes of a starter only at 17. Whereas, uh, Brown is getting almost 30 minutes. Agbaji is getting almost 30 minutes. Wait, Wilson's getting 25. Uh, Marcus Garrett is getting almost 31 minutes and McCormick's getting 17. Um, so yeah, like obviously the length talent, uh, of, of Kansas is always going to be something you have to deal with as Chris Beard is continuing to, to close that gap in talent, uh, through recruiting. But if you believe these, uh, these metrics, the, the projections has the metrics gives Texas tech, um, a slight advantage here at home, uh, five points, essentially Texas tech projected in their model, 70.2 to 65.41. Uh, I will note though, uh, the record for Texas tech against the spread took a hit this weekend. (laughs) You did not cover your last two games versus Abilene Christian and the Islanders of Texas tech Corpus Christi. So you're four and three against the spread. Texas, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, Texas tech, Texas A&M. Oh my gosh. Texas A&M Corpus Christi. (laughs) There's just too many. This is called the Islanders. That's why I keep saying the Islanders. Um, so there's that. The thing that I, I don't like about this game is that one, the tech students are all gone. Like there, there's yeah. no on-campus classes. Uh, this home game versus Kansas is always one of the wildest games of the year. They, uh, I know they were in, in this COVID season, I think students have to purchase tickets, but they were giving away free tickets to, to students or maybe they were, they were giving additional t- tickets to students uh, on top of that. Uh, I did see from Money Mainville that there are students on a wait list now um, so it looks like there will be at least as many students as they can have in will be there. Uh, everybody's encouraged mm-hmm. to wear white, which is not unusual for basketball home game. That'll be this Thursday. Um, let's check this out. Where, oh. where can you take this in? Oh, ESPN six o'clock ESPN. Yeah. It's, the on, mothership. it's on the mothership six o'clock. You don't have to, you don't have to search for a streaming channel. I don't got to do anything like that. Uh, Kansas has a little bit of a rough stretch here in terms of like their next few games. Um, now they're spread out a little bit. They've got a game tonight or sorry, not tonight, Thursday against tech uh, against 14th ranked Texas tech Tuesday, the following Tuesday home versus eighth ranked West Virginia. And then in the new year home versus 11th ranked Texas. So they've got three, Top 15 teams back to back to back. One of those on the road. And then they get, <laughs> they have this cakewalk of the next few games at TCU, home versus Oklahoma, at Oklahoma State, home versus Iowa State. And then they're at Baylor. Yeah, pretty good little stretch there. And I'm not sure, you know, I'm not positive about a cakewalk of TCU and Oklahoma. I, I'm just not sure yet. I'm not, it's too early. They've, they've played well, you know, because this may be as, as good of a no. segue as any to transition into Oklahoma. That is Tech's next opponent, opponent after Kansas. Uh, tech will head to Norman 
Tuesday, December 22nd, just before Christmas, 6 p.m. on ESPN2, Oklahoma. They've only played is, four games, though. They, I know. They've only played four games. They're three and three and one. They uh, beat the tar off of UTSA, won a close one in Fort Worth against TCU, then lost to Xavier, 77-99. Gave up a ton of points to Xavier. Yeah, um, but then beat the wheels off Florida A and M, eighty five to fifty four, just this Saturday. And they actually play; they will play two games before they play Tech. They play Wednesday versus Oral Roberts, and then um, Saturday versus Houston Baptist. So, I'm still not quite sure. I, TCU could be terrible, but I don't know. Uh, it, OU did beat them. It was an away game. They beat the Sox off the, the other two teams they beat. Of course, dropped an egg against Xavier, but they might be decently talent, talented. Uh, they've got some some guys that can score. Manic is you somehow know, still uh, on campus, still on this roster, even though he's like 35. <laughs> yeah, and averaging almost 18 points a game. I mean, um, he Austin, looks, Austin Reeves, 16 points a game. I mean, they, they've got four guys as well, averaging 10 or more. Uh, this exact same as the Kansas Jayhawks. I mean, they're basically the Kansas Jayhawks of Norman. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. <laughs> as much as I said, like Kansas has kind of a, a rough stretch coming up on their schedule. L- listen to this for the Sooners. So they're home versus Texas tech home versus West Virginia on the road at Baylor on the road at Kansas. Yikes. <laughs> like they take on the top four of the top five teams uh, in consecutive games. And they don't get Texas the first time until the end of January, who would be the other top five team. Um, But yeah, you're not going to find anybody else that has that kind of schedule where you get four of the top five back to back to back to back. Um, Now, if you look at the Ken Palm ratings for them, they're, Adjusted efficiency rank, so their overall team rank is 35th. So what Michael was was, was, was telling us that uh, they're sneaky good, uh, you know, for being the sixth best team in the conference, they're <laughs> not bad. Uh, yeah. Adjusted offense, eighth. This would be one of your highest rated offenses you will face, uh, except for probably Texas and Baylor. Um Adjusted defense, though they're 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 quite a bit lower than uh, either yourself or Kansas, seventy sixth, uh, and then they play with a fairly average tempo at a, at a, about a hundredth ranked. Uh, Haslam metrics has this a pretty close win for Texas Tech, almost a four point win, but remember it's on the road in Norman, seventy five point eight to seventy two point oh four. Michael, yeah, this I, isn't this is no like. Ah, uh, yeah, they'll just run up there to Norman and take care of business. I, I'm I'm pretty worried about this one too. I'm pretty I'm worried about the next two. I'll say that. Yeah. Um. How do you how do you see these games going? You got a projection I, I or think predictions? That, I, I don't know if I have a. I guess I guess since I'm on a podcast, I should make a prediction. All right, fine. I'll predict Tech wins them both. Oh, but it's going to come down to. I mean, Mac McClung is, if I can do math really quickly, like three for 21 in his last two games. 
he won't do that. These next two, you can't. that just will not happen. And I think that's going to be one of the biggest game changers in getting this offense moving. I think we could see McCuller, possibly not versus Kansas, but in a week from now in Norman, I mm-hmm. think that's a that's a big possibility. Shannon's probably ninety percent right now, uh, or very close to being fully healthy. So I feel confident about that. Um, I am worried about Kansas's defense. I'm not that worried about OU's defense. So I think Tech could come away with both of these. And um, we'll see where we stand when we record next week. Because when we record next week, it'll probably right be right at the end of the OU game. So you, you, you'll get a instant, instant, like our most instant reaction. Uh, <clears throat> yes. So where do you stand? Call me a pink raider. I think over these next two games, you go zero and two. Oof. Oof. Um. I think Kansas is, is always tough against you. Um, they've, they've got the length uh, and size in the post down low that is, is always given uh, Chris Beard teams fits, even when they had Tariq Owens um, because, you know, he was, he was tall and long, but he didn't have a lot of weight on him. So he got bumped around a little bit. And then Oklahoma, uh, I think their offense is pretty good. I mean, your defense is obviously really good. Um, but that road game, um, you've you've had your struggles against Kruger and or in Norman. So I'm not confident in either one of these games. And with the projections being so close, I'm just I having seen the the trend uh, where you were supposed to be blowing people out and you weren't, you weren't taking care of business against teams. You were supposed to be beating by a bunch. Um, your, your shooting has slumped a little bit. Now that obviously could change. Like you could, you could walk on the court Thursday night and have Kansas leaving. Like they just couldn't miss. No, sure. With the loudest stadium that you could possibly have in a COVID year, you know, maybe McClung just lights fire. That's, that's, that's what's, that's what I'm hanging my hat on is that he's going to come out of this slump and that's going to be the big difference maker. Yeah. All right. So I, I've got tech going over to Michael's got him going two and oh, um, hell yeah, I do. Let's, let's wrap this up and get to football again. They go four up top. They throw the fade to Fasher. Caught touchdown with time delivered. Hand off to Marcus Field. Down the sideline, touchdown, Red Raiders, 97 yards. Harrell back to throw, going deep down the sideline for Robert Johnson. And oh, my. You got it. Touchdown, oh. Robert Johnson, touchdown, Red Raiders. Take a shot to the end zone. It's a touchdown to Reginald Davis. All day to throw. Over the top, Jakeem Graham. Touchdown, Texas Tech. Second down now. Deep strike. Got the big man. Country pulls free. And touchdown. Red Raiders with a second to go. Let the scoring begin. National Signing Day is Wednesday morning. You would have already heard this by the time you hear, you know this by the time you get to, um, 
listening to the podcast. The big question we have Tuesday night, Baron Morton, the longtime quarterback commit, uh, announced what I would consider a soft decommit. <laughs> uh, when news broke about David Yost, um, he tweeted out Tuesday that he was going to announce his decision when he signs. Um, so the, 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 those two words announce makes me think he's not coming to tech, but if he's signing tomorrow makes me think he's coming to tech. I agree with that. I, I think he left it open and it's kind of a smart move. Who knows? He probably needed to talk to the coaches a little bit and just kind of, maybe that was even a way of saying, Hey, y'all reach out to me. <laughs> y'all tell me what the heck's going on. Cause I didn't see this coming. I committed to this offense and this offensive coordinator. And now he's not going to be there. I'm not, I don't anticipate him flipping. That would really be awful. I mean, it, you, you, but, you would have to think like he was kind of leaning that way before to, to go from committed to flipped and signed in two days without having right. been able to visit anybody. That's kind of a big shift. Sure. I, I think, you know, who knows during that whole time, maybe he had some people reach out to him and offer him and say, you know, Hey, there's some stuff going on at tech. What about this? What about that? Or maybe he had an option one B that was just loaded uh, but Which I, 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 think, I don't think so. I don't think, I think he's, I expect him to sign. Um, if he doesn't, uh, you know, to quote one of my friends, it's just, I, we, we, I just have no more to give. <laughs> <laughs> the one team I, I would, I would be concerned about would be Texas. Uh, Cause they, they recently lost their quarterback commit. Uh, and while they may be in flux as well, um, being still Texas, being in the state of Texas, like when, when the University of Texas, you know, calls on you as a recruit, you answer that. A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at Squeezed.com. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. But what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are, too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Phone. Um, so the, the, the thing is you have a, a relatively small class. I think you have a 10, 10 or 11 players, 
um, because of the small class, you only would be considered the ninth best class in the conference. But if you move that to a per recruit ranking, you're sixth. Um, then if you, if you take out Morton, uh, you drop down to seventh. So it, it wouldn't be like a, you know, huge blow to you in, in terms of class rankings. Not that that means a whole lot. Um, except, you know, but he's a talented player. I mean, it's, yeah, he's one sure. of the, he was the, the top tier recruit, uh, aside from the running back who I can't remember right now that Cameron Valdez. Yes. That, that tech fans were most excited about. So that would, uh, that'd be a blow. Yeah. For sure. Speaking of a blow to the roster inside receiver, Keyshawn Carter announced his intentions to enter the transfer portal and to seek playing time elsewhere. I don't like it. No, I wish you wouldn't. Have, I wish you wouldn't have left. Um, I think, it, I think that announcement came within an hour after Yost's firing was announced. I don't know if that was the trigger, maybe he really liked you. Maybe it had nothing to do with it. And he was just ready to go somewhere else. And he was Which, injured the last few games and kind of rethought things. Who knows? But I mean, very talented player, really going to miss him next year. Hope he lands somewhere and just is awesome. Unless it's against tech. Yeah. I mean, for, <laughs> maybe he has a cold that day. So from, from our, our fan perspective, it seemed like he played whenever he was available. So not, not like he was missing playing time. Uh, now that, that, that could not be the, uh, it's possible. That's not the case that he could have been available uh, and not played or uh, he thought his, his contribution to the offense was, was limited by play calling or whatever. Um, I, I'm not sure. Or maybe it's just a you know, difference of opinion or whatever it may be. Um, He's leaving. Uh, safety Thomas Leggett has announced his intentions to enter the NFL draft. Uh, and I don't really have it's much kind to, of, s- kind of bold. to say, but good luck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's kind of bold. Also, yeah, good luck. Not sarcastic or anything. Um, but he played well uh, sometimes. At times, yeah. He, had, he definitely had his moments. He, he seemed to be a pretty good uh, run defending safety. He was pretty, yes, uh, pretty bold about coming down into the box and and making some some run fits and uh, and and some pretty significant hits. Um, in terms of pass coverage, it wasn't there. No, and even though I think he did get better over the year, it still was uh, it still was an issue. I, but maybe he knows something we don't. I just know that. Almost every player who's left early that you went, huh, why are they leaving early in the last four or five seasons has, has not worked out well. Lone exception would be Patrick Mahomes. Um, yeah, because we, we were kind of like, huh, I wonder why he's, that seems kind of early. But, but yeah, that's a, yeah, that's fine. He's doing well. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I, I came to just realize I was just being super selfish when I said, why is he leaving early? He's not ready. Mm, no, apparently he was. We weren't ready. <laughs> we weren't ready. Uh, we've already mentioned Baron Morton taking some time, as he said, to evaluate. Uh, I don't know if we, we mentioned this yet, but Jack Anderson announced his intentions to turn pro. Uh, and then wide receiver Kevin Terry also announced he was going to transfer. Terry has 
not participated or played for you out of Little Elm, which is north of the Metroplex up there by Lake Louisville. I only know this because I have family that used to live in Little Elm. Um, Tech also had a, a backup punter transfer. Cody Waddell. Yes, and I'm sure it was because yeah, now he's behind Smack Namara. He's Smack Namara and all day Garibay because Garibay can boot it out the building too. So he he saw the writing on the wall and yeah. took off. Uh, there was some interesting rumor, I guess, kind of floated out there on Twitter that Texas Tech was, I guess, connected to the Serve Pro Bowl versus UTSA. Um, that slot could have also been filled by Kansas state. I think we've heard since that came out that Texas tech would not accept that invitation. They would not be playing in a bowl game. Uh, and that Kansas state would be expected to accept that invitation. Yeah. That was an interesting hour or so on Twitter <laughs> of uh, the possibility. Cause that's the ser- the serve pros, the one that, that we've seen and we've mentioned quite a bit. Uh, SMU was supposed to be the, the other team, but I think they have a lot of COVID issues right now. So UTSA has taken over on that side, and now they're looking for a Big 12 team to fill the spot. Now, the, there was that that announcement that uh, teams could go out there and schedule their own game. Oh, I like this. Um, we've seen really fascinating mashup, matchups like BYU-Coastal Carolina on short notice. Uh, now, I don't think Texas Tech would consider themselves in a position to go out there and schedule a game like this, especially without an offensive coordinator, unless it's Luke Wells. (laughs) Then you'd only be down a position coach, which I think you could kind of float with your GAs and assistant, other assistants. Although that brings up, you wouldn't have a standings. Yeah. And that brings up the AP rating that, that we can kind of breeze through if you want, but someone on Twitter mentioned the possibility of Cincinnati playing Coastal Carolina in a an unsanctioned bowl game or whatever, and then declaring themselves the national champion. I mean, if if they run out to twelve and zero, <laughs> there there would theoretically only be one other team that could do it. It would be either Alabama or Notre Dame because they both have a conference championship game. No, I guess one or. One, if one of those is going to win the national title, they'd have to be 13 and 0. Because they, they, they'd play their conference championship game and then two playoff games. So Alabama's at number one, 10 and 0. They're, no other team is receiving for first place votes. I think that had a lot to do with just they've been dismantling people and their starters not even playing a full game. This may be, at least on the mm-hmm. offensive side, one of their best teams ever. Which is unfortunate since, since Kiffin. <laughs> unfortunate for them because like not like it's not really getting a whole lot of headline, at least not not here in Lubbock, Texas. But like we're not talking about Alabama and how just absolutely dom- dominant they've been, uh, how they just are going to cakewalk into to another national title. Um, but yeah, I mean their their defense is as solid as, as it usually is. Their offense under Mac Jones, Mac Jones, who um, is just ridiculous and like i said they're i don't think they're playing like a full game um notre dame at number two uh will be participating in the acc championship game 
Um, which means that like there will be a fourth spot available uh, for a, a, a playoff team, assuming that Ohio State is is allowed to be in there at five and zero. Um, which I guess they're going to play for their conference title game. Assuming they win their conference title game, who knows? But now they're allowed to since the Big Ten changed the laws. Yeah, which is rules like expected but yeah predictable and just laughable um clemson who would play notre dame is at four and the only only chance i I would see clemson staying in the playoff picture is if they win against notre dame obviously their nine and one uh mark includes the one game they've lost against notre dame the only thing i wanted to mention on that on those on those top four is they're identical on the college football playoff except iowa Iowa, Ohio State, and Clemson are flopped. So college football playoff rankings have them. Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. So the way they have them ranked, there's a chance for an all-ACC <laughs> national championship game. Yeah. No, there's not. No, it's not. No, they'd have two versus three. Never mind. One and four would play and two and three would play. Okay, never mind. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. You know, obviously. So they would play each other. Probably one of these ACC teams will, will go out. Yeah. Which then means like, I mean, at number five, Texas A&M is just like almost assuredly to make the playoff because a team in front of them is going to lose and knock themselves out. Now, if it's Clemson, sorry, if Notre Dame loses, are they going to drop far enough out that Texas A&M is going to move up? Or are they going to like drop a couple of spots and still stay top yeah. four? That's a great point. Um, I bet that's like the only only way that Texas A&M wouldn't make it in um, is if that Notre Dame loses but only drops a spot. Is, is there an outside crazy chance that Iowa State could make it in? They'd have to leapfrog a lot of people. Um, but in the in the college football playoff, they're only sixth behind A and M. Well, I guess I should be looking at the college playoff, not the. Uh, yeah, we AP might have to standings. switch to that one now because the AP's fun, but it yeah. doesn't matter anymore, which stinks because that one's kind of more fun to cuss and discuss. <laughs> they had this uh, Ohio State up there for forever. Um, well, so yeah, in the college playoff, they've got A&M five, Iowa state six. Yeah. So again, like Notre Dame or Clemson would have to drop. I don't, I don't okay. So they would need the most help. Obviously they, they'd have to win against Oklahoma. They'd have yes. to have an ACC team drop out. They'd have to have Ohio state drop out or Alabama. I don't think Alabama is going to lose against Florida. And if they do, I don't, I don't think it would be enough that like, I, I think Florida would get the bump and, and, and hop Ohio state. Probably. probably which is, which is yeah. weird to have like Texas A&M in that conversation. Who's not playing in their conference title game at all, but is set to, to benefit from somebody else losing in a conference title game. Yeah. I, I really, it's, I, I mean, it's almost likely that they will hop in. Like you said, the only thing is if somehow Clemson beats Notre Dame, then I don't know. Maybe they just reshuffle the chairs a little bit and yep. those same four teams stay there, which I, I think would be ridiculous. But I don't see how a two 
I don't know. I don't know what you do with that. I'm glad that well, I have to figure it out. Okay, so if Clemson beats Notre Dame, then I would say— Actually, I do know what you do. I do you the drop top— Drop Ohio State out because they have not played as many games. <laughs> Screw them. Drop them out. That's what you do. But, well, if they win their title game, are they not—would like, they be left out over A&M who didn't play in a title game? No. They shouldn't be. But like, like unless Iowa State wins their title game, Florida could win the title game. But I don't. I think they're far enough back. They, they. I don't know if they'd make it. And Georgia's not playing for the title. Cincinnati's at nine. They're not doing anything to jump up that far. Oklahoma can't do enough good against beating Iowa State. So like, <laughs> okay, just just really, if if Clemson beats Notre Dame, then I, I think the top four would be Alabama, Clemson. Ohio State, Notre Dame. It would just be oh like, like, like you said, shuffling. God, that would suck. But I think that that provides like the better matchups though, right? Like Alabama, Notre Dame, I think would be a really fascinating game. Clemson, Ohio State. I, I know we've seen that game before a lot. It feels like, um, well, because Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State are always in the top three somehow. Somehow, like it's a surprise. Well, in Notre Dame, I mean, they just have not performed well in these big games. Yeah, like, like the last time that ever they took on Alabama in the title game and we got like blown out 42 nothing or whatever it was. It wasn't that bad, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think, I think it leaves the, it leaves the door open for A&M to come on in, especially if Ohio state loses and especially if Notre Dame wins. So if those two things happen, then A&M is going to the playoff. Um, if only Notre Dame wins and Ohio state wins, I still think that, I mean, A&M will still be in there. I don't think Clemson will be the number four team at nine and two. I think it's. I think they would probably drop to five, and A and M would squeak in. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. But Ohio State, I just don't get it. I I I want them to lose. I want them to lose so bad so that they can there can be some doubt and they can drop out. So I don't want A and M to win. It's just no. Yeah, I don't want them to on. win either. Um, the the national title game I mentioned with Alabama, uh, Notre Dame. That was after the 2012 season. Notre Dame was actually number one. Alabama was two. Alabama won this game 42 to 14. And at one point was up 35-0. That sounds familiar. A one versus two national title. 35-0 in the second half. Youch. Yeah, right. yeah. I was, I was going to look up a few other things. Keep going. I'll, I'll come back to some Notre Dame hate in a little bit. Oh, good. Uh, Big 12, you had two of your four games this past weekend canceled. Oklahoma did not make the trip out to, to West Virginia. Texas did not make the trip up to Lawrence. Um, Baylor, as <laughs> inconsistent, like as much as I, I thought they, they did a good job of keeping it close against Oklahoma and Norman, uh, played part of this game without Charlie Bre- Charlie Brewer, but lost forty two to three. Um, and then TCU hosted a non conference game against Louisiana Tech and won that one fifty two to ten. 
you noticed um, some wonky Big 12 standings pre and post game standings of, of this weekend. Uh, Oklahoma State wins, moves to six and three, but drops below a five and three Texas. Yeah. What? So <laughs> they, they, they've obviously won more games. They, their winning percentage is better. There's no tie there. Oklahoma State should should be that that spot. Um, West, sorry, not West Virginia. Um, What'd you say? Hello? What? Sorry, I, I, I was looking at something. Are you still there? <laughs> I'm still here. I was reading something that you said, and I was like, um, no, you, you said that TCU got another Big Twelve win, and that's not that's not reflected in the in the standings. Yeah, that, well, it was weird. TCU actually, um, they didn't. Oh, oh no, I got that backwards. What did I do? But I they did. They, they they did move below West Virginia. Yes. Okay. That maybe that's what it was. Yeah. This, there was some shuffling of, you know, spots three through six, six, which made no sense. And that could just be maybe what intern they have running the big 12 website just didn't have things right because, <laughs> but how do you miss? Yeah. Yeah. How do you have Oklahoma state behind Texas at, you know, Oklahoma state's one six, there's six and three and Texas is five and three. And how do you and have West Virginia is four and four and TCU is five and four and West Virginia is ahead of TCU. Yeah. All right. Weird. <laughs> Conference title game this weekend the 19th Saturday morning in Jerry's world, Oklahoma versus Iowa state. Oklahoma is favored by nearly a touchdown five and a half over under 57 and a half. Michael, what do you have? I am taking Iowa state. They have been on a roll lately. Welcome I think to the bandwagon. Yes, sir. I think this is going to be a barn burner of a game. Like, Iowa State 38, OU 35, hammer the over. Um, 57 and a half just seems way too low for these two teams because, yeah, we, we thought, oh, Iowa State can't score. Well, my gosh, I think they scored 90 points their last two games or whatever it was. <laughs> so they're figuring it out. Um, I, I, I was typing. I did predict. Okay, I want to remind everyone who will listen that I predicted OU and Iowa state to play in the big 12 championship game before the season started. Now I did predict OU to win it and I am going against that right now, but still I was close. I predicted Iowa state also to be in the title game versus Texas. Oops. But I think I did pick Iowa state to win. I'm going to take them again this weekend. Oklahoma is a more complete team. This go around versus Iowa state than they were last time but it, it didn't even feel like it was that, that close of a game last time. Um, I was writing in my score as you were saying you were, so we're going to be close. I said 31, 27, 27 there feels kind of low for Oklahoma, but 31 kind of feels high for Iowa state, but I still think they win this one. <laughs> well, OU has struggled. I mean, I, I was kind of singing their praises, but then they really struggled against Baylor that yeah. last game, that game against that Baylor. Pretty ugly. Uh, now kind of sticks out because like you're, you know, I, I was giving more more credit to Baylor there. I was like, well, maybe that was more of an Oklahoma problem than than Baylor being good. Uh, we did see Charlie Brewer announce his intentions to transfer this past week. 
So he's leaving Baylor. Um, I don't know how that connects, but let's um, let's wrap <laughs> oh, this wait, up. I wanted to I wanted to go back to my Notre Dame hate real quick. Oh yes, please before we get to questions. Okay, 2015, number eight Notre Dame got handed to him by Ohio State, number seven Ohio State, 44 to 28 in the Fiesta Bowl. Okay, so Notre Dame, great postseason track record. Let's keep going. 2016, they were four and eight, no postseason. <laughs> 2017, they actually won the Citrus Bowl versus LSU. It was a close one. 21 to 17, uh, you know, really, really proud of the fighting Irish that day, 2018, they lost in the college football playoff 30 to three to Clemson 2019 last year, they beat Iowa state 33 to nine. They, they, it would be. So they've gotten trounced by Ohio State and Clemson in the last five years, and yeah, let's throw them back in. Um, as 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 difficult as it is to be a Texas Tech fan, at least we're not competing for titles <laughs> anywhere like on a <laughs> semi regular basis. That well, that's kind of a weird is. way to say that. <laughs> but like, as a team that's f- competing for titles, like they they they've been in the in playoff or the national title game was it three times in the past eight years? Um, they have a four and eight in there somewhere. Um, they lose weird bowl games or get blown out by team. Like it, it's like people want to believe that, that Notre Dame is better than they are. They have this like really good schedule uh, as an independent. You get to set that up all, all by yourself. You're like, look how good we are. We beat everybody on our schedule. We're 12 and zero with the strength of schedule of 121st in the country. Um, yeah, don't mind that. Don't mind that part. Look at the 12, <laughs> look at the 12 and the O and not the 120. Um, no, but like that, that's gotta be a, a frustrating, f- frustrated fan base, right? Like you're really good, but you haven't been good enough to really do anything when you've been really good. Yes. Oh, that that's, that's really it's going to be like the Buffalo Bills in the nineties or something. Or maybe this year. Cause you know, the bills are <laughs> maybe so <laughs> they're doing something. All right. I don't have anything else for Notre Dame besides, I mean, they're, they're in- entertaining for me to watch as a, not even a uh, casual fan. I don't know. It's kind of fun to watch them lose. Cause they're always like 12 and Oh, here we go. And like 30. Pwah, 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 pwah. Yeah. Pwah, pwah. All right, let's get to your questions. Now, are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy? Damn it, who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Michael, we have questions on the Twitter sphere. It just turned into a lot of comments. This is going to go into well, my, what we learned this year. Well, let's wrap it all up then. Uh, what are your thoughts on Texas Tech football staff changes? Who are your OC candidates? Ready for Big 12 basketball? Best type of leftover pizza? Where do you want to do it with all that? out there, man? Well, um, we had a lot of traction on, you won't believe this, the pizza question. 
That's my favorite. <laughs> not as, not so much on the on the other questions I asked, uh, but we did have, you know, we still skipping self self critulk, self critulk, crit critulk. I I've never I can't I've never been able it. to pronounce that. I've tried to I've tried to skip it, man. Um, anyway, long time, long time commenter and uh, tweeter and staking the planes commenter. Uh, I asked about best type of leftover pizza. Now this is a loaded question because I tried to heat up some pizza today from Friday. Is this from Dion's? It was Dion's pizza. This is not besmirching Dion's name. No, they, they've it got was great pizza. Terrible. It was <laughs> terrible. And I, I think it was the pizza itself. I've never had pizza reheated and I, I used the toaster oven at the office and it was soggy. It was still soggy. I think there's two things involved with it. One, it was stored in Ziploc bags, so it stored all that moisture, which is still probably the right way to do it as opposed was, to completely drying out. I was about to say, that's probably how I would have done it. Yes. So, that, I mean, but uh, the other part is this pizza, and the reason it was probably still in the fridge from Friday, because it had sliced tomatoes on it. Mm. And so I think there was way too much moisture the on goo, the pizza itself. The goo from the, the tomatoes? The, the, yes. And the crust was just insalvageable to try to reheat four days later. So, you know, my fault, my fault, not Dion's, not blaming them at all. So that was where I came up with the best type of leftover pizza question because of that incident. Uh, so from still skipping, took me 20 minutes to get here. Pan crust, it is not particularly close. You do have to reheat it in an oven though. Uh, we're getting we're getting stuff from like from Triforce Shadow from Jazz. She's saying that the air fryer for leftover pizza is the only way. I'll re- reheat it now. Two minutes at three hundred after preheat cycle. Also great. Friend of the show, host of College Football Tailgate, Rob Bro chimed in. Best leftover pizza is cold pepperoni pizza. I I mean um, okay. Here's the thing. You, you can you can definitely eat like one of the like one of the only leftovers I think you can eat cold is pizza. I wouldn't say it's the best. I like it. I do like it, but it's not. And I had to ask him, I said, so I'm also a fan of cold pizza. Do you prefer it to reheated? I'm not sure that I do, but I can't beat the convenience though. Then Rob said, it depends and that his air fryer makes a mean leftover slice. And I forgot because our air fryer died during the pandemic. And so, yeah, we've, we've, (laughs) we bought a toaster oven to replace it. Cause we just thought, well, we didn't really use the air fryer air fryer to its full potential anyway, but that was one of the absolute best features of that air fryer was reheating pizza. I saw it was fantastic for that. I got an air fryer on your recommendation and I have yet to use it to reheat pizza. That sounds fantastic. You've got to go for it. You've got to go for I need it. To order um, pizza tomorrow or something so I can have it on yes. Thursday. Um, yes. okay. So, uh, just pizza related in general. You know, one of my favorite things to do now as when I'm ordering is actually order light sauce because what now light sauce, like go easy on the sauce. Um, I don't like this. I don't like this. You gotta convince me. I'm more of a toppings person. Give me the cheese and the the pepperoni and sausage or peppers or whatever's on top. Um, and I think, Maybe it just has to do with, I haven't found a place I really like their sauce. 
and it feels more like a filler than anything else. Like I still want sauce on the pizza. Like it, there still has to be a layer of liquid hot magma between the crust and the cheese, right? You got to have some, you have something that burns the roof of your mouth. Yeah. And I would actually kind of prefer it to be chunky. Like I don't mind a chunky pizza sauce. I just don't want very much of it. Um, this though, I figured out does help with the sogginess later. Like, yes, it would. I could see that. Cause there's just not, a little, there's not, there's just that, that little bit less that is soaking into the crust. I, I have, I have turned to the oven, the actual oven to, to reheat pizza in the box. It's actually pretty good. It got it back to almost first crack open level. <laughs> good. Like it was better than the microwave, but the oh, oven is just so slow. The oven's so slow. Oven, that's the advantage of the air fryer. It does not take very long. You can get those, that pizza crispy, that cheese starts melting again, that pepperoni kind of starts to curl up and then it's, it's time go. It's time to go. Yeah. Landon so, Daniel. Yeah, that's why I was asking. Sorry. One more pizza thing. I was, was going to get to, to, to Landon's tweet who actually answered my other questions. Yeah. He answered all four of them. Best lover, yeah, no, leftover pizza awesome. is the half empty box. How do you have a half empty box left? Like you either ordered way too much. Or you're, you're just oh, no, no. You're not doing pizza. It happens right. because because listen to the rest of it. Because you ordered several of them, and then there's one that's half empty. This is how I envision it. Best leftover pizza is the half empty box left on the counter after a night of partying. Wake up, grab a chewy, lukewarm slice. So it's still warm. I don't know. <laughs> then pass back out on the couch with the unfinished slice. <laughs> so he was hungry that enough a, that to is get an entire it. mood. <laughs> He was hungry enough to get up and grab a slice, but not enough to be awakened from said being passed out. Well, then you wonder, then you wonder, do you finish the slice when you wake up in the morning? Again? Because it has transitioned from lukewarm to cold pizza. It's just good old breakfast pizza then. You know, I, I have a hard time turning down pizza, but like if it's sitting on the couch and like it's picking up stuff while from the couch... <laughs> Like we've got dogs, so there's going to be like dog hair. No, like, you know, if you've got a pet. Maybe you, even just some bad vibes. Maybe just bad vibes. Kind of cat hair Maybe on it. Start your day. The crack of, what, 930, 1030. You wake oh, up, it's good, like. I've already got this pizza on my chest. I'll just take that down. Or it's like. That's a, that's a kind of a pro tip. Jammed in your armpit. <laughs> like, well, it's kind of warm. Um, money pit on your way to poli sci. Yeah. So you asked, what are your thoughts on the Texas tech football staff changes? Landon goes on to say, give Wells another year with a competent OC. I don't know. Like obviously after the 45 minutes we started the episode, I don't know what kind of competent OC you can bring in. Who are your candidates? Um, he would suggest Garrett Riley from SMU or Jeff Lebby. And I'm not even familiar with that name. Do you know? Yeah, we're going to have to Google that. I think, you know, Rob Bro, Ole Miss. if you go to KKM, UCF. Yeah. If you, if you go to KKM.com, I think Rob had quite a few candidates, and that was actually his favorite, was Jeff Levy. Yeah. You said that KKM.com, he had more than 12. Uh, he broke it down, group of tech guys, which included Harold, Cumby, Kitley, Riley, and Morris. Uh, guys on the Bryles tree, um, Kendall Bryles, Jeff Lebby, Andrew Souter, 
And then the others, Mike Dembrock, Gino Guadugli, Gavin McGiven, Jay Harbaugh. I don't even probably didn't say that. All right. Charlie Weiss Jr., Brian Hartline, Wes Welker. <laughs> nice little parting shot with just, oh, let's throw Wes Welker's name out there. Why not? And then finally, ready for, would you say, Big 12 basketball. Landon says yes. Apparently, uh, starting Wednesday, I think between Wednesday and next Sunday, there's a Big 12 basketball game on every night. Oh, my. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good to know. I will refer to my abacus and make sure that the dates are scheduled accordingly. Okay. So what we learned is warm up your leftover pizza in the air fryer or don't just eat it cold and or use get pan pizza because I, you know, we don't get pan pizza very much. I like it. Uh, my wife's not super into it, but I, I could see that being a really good leftover pizza. I got a uh, pan pizza the first time in a long time, a couple of weeks ago. And it was pretty good. Yeah. I, I think I need to try this. Uh, on pan pizza, you can probably skip the light sauce though. You can probably go regular sauce because, Oh yeah. Just go to town. <laughs> you need more. I, I, I have this thing and it's, I don't, I, I guess it's genetic cause it happens to my mom too. If I eat like dry food without drinking, like, immediately after taking a bite, I'll get like nasty, severe hiccups until I drink enough. So like just the thought of a slice of pan pizza with not very much sauce was like, Oh, I'm already feeling it. Like right here in my chest <laughs> coming on. <laughs> I'm, I'm bleeding inside my chest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, man, let's, let's wrap this up. I think, uh, one, the offense, according to search, is going to be a flop. Uh, I don't think it's going to do much for you. Um, definitely looking forward to Big 12 and Texas Tech basketball. I, I think the first couple of conference games are going to be rough, uh, which happens when you get Kansas outside of um, uh, a semester. Gosh, I was trying to think about the, the, the terms. Um, you know, th this would be post-graduation like Christmas break at this point anyways um football like the the signing day I, I mean I, I hope it's not terrible with a bunch of guys leaving your your current roster uh we've heard uh you could have several guys that contribute um significant playing time would be leaving Keyshawn Carter being one of them big Twelve title game this weekend I'll tune in, uh, especially if there's there's chaos above Iowa State. Oh, um, sure. The playoff set up for Ohio State to find a way to, to, to stay in there or Texas A&M to weasel their way in. Got me interested. And then, like I said, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to get some some pizza so I can try air fryer leftovers. Please do. It's it's a definite life improvement. Yeah. <laughs> All right. For for Michael, I'm Spencer. This was the 23 Personnel Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck 
and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.